Hey, and I want to say happy birthday, Tito. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tito. Happy birthday to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, you didn't think I knew that, did you? Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, Tito. I always get on the Tito because he never says he loves me. And so he's been finding new opportunities to tell me that he loves me. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. My name is Jeremy. If this is your first time uh, being with us here, uh, we hope that you already feel like you're part of our family uh, because you are. And so if this is your first time, we have a gift for you. So as you leave, walk out those doors. You'll see our welcome center there on your left. And we have a mug here uh, that's got our little logo on it uh, new, for New Life. And so uh, make sure you pick up one of those. Just a little small gift. Uh, from us to you to say thanks for checking this out. And also, if you're here for the first time and you don't have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. Amen. Um, hey, if you came prepared to give this morning, we will say thank you for that as well. Um, if you're new here, this doesn't apply to you. We want you to sit back and just uh, relax and see what God's got for you this morning. But if you are a regular attender and this is your home uh, and you are invested with your resources, we want to say thank you so much. We have four different ways you can give back to God through New Life. You can do that physically. We have a giving station located at our exit, so you can just drop your gift into that. Or you can give through the app or online, or you can mail that in. And we just want to say thank you for uh, believing in the mission and what we're doing here at New Life. And then lastly, I just want to remind everybody about the community Christmas choir that uh, Tim Tuman's been putting together. Uh, we're uh, going to be performing on Saturday, December the 17th at New Hope Church. And so it's not too late to join that choir if you want to do that. Uh, then go see Tim Tuman. Raise your hand, Tim. Uh, he's going to meet. He's gonna, he'll be here for just a few minutes after service. If you've got some pipes and you want to sing, it's a lot of churches, a lot of different organizations in the community that come together and make up this choir, but go see Tim and if you want to sing some Christmas carols and Christmas songs on December the 17th and he can get you connected. All right? Sound good? All right. So those of you who are uh, new here and may not know, uh, every December we do Jeremy's Christmas finds. All right? And everybody that's been here knows that these are, some of these are real, some of these are not real, okay? But uh, all accessible if you want them, okay? So these, these are the Christmas finds for Jeremy's Finds, December the 4th, 2022. So this first one is a lot of you ladies or men, you like to go to the spa, right? Like to get your facials, right? They put those chemical peels and masks on your face. We've got a new mask for you, the baloney mask. <laughs> yeah, go to that next picture if you can. There you go, look at that. So this is super easy, uh, Everything that's in bologna just seeps into your pores. Uh, it gives you that good, shiny look uh, for the holidays, so the bologna mask. And then when you're done, you just eat it. So it's super easy. That's the bologna mask. The next ones, uh, some of you, uh, you, you love your, your little earbuds, your pods. You know, maybe you have the Apple. I've got iron. Uh, I've got... Um, uh, uh, a different brand. I, I can't remember what the name of them is now. Um, but a lot of you have the different ones. Now you can get the Octopods. And these just stick right out of your ear. And I promise if no one else that you're working with has these and they see you with these, they probably will just leave you alone, all right, if they see these growing out of your ear. So that's the Octopods. Okay, this next, you know, uh, candy canes come in a variety of flavors. 
You know, they have sweet tarts now. They have Jolly Ranchers. They have uh, all these different kinds of different candy canes you can buy. Well, now they've, they've mixed, you know, a good cheap food with the candy cane. And you're going to love this. It's the sardine candy cane. Yeah. These are wonderful. I love sardines, especially the mustard ones. So I hope that they have like a mustard flavor uh, sardine. And your breath will smell amazing after these, okay? Not peppermint, but sardine, okay? So those are the sardine candy canes. And then these are really coming back. I mean, I had one of these in the 80s, so you wouldn't believe that by looking at my head now. But you see a lot of firefighters and football players and baseball players have these. Now you can get your own calendar with the mullet calendar. Yes. And if you are trying to sport that mullet, I love you. Because if I had hair, I would have a mullet, I promise you. I'd have to wear a hat because Janet wouldn't allow me to go in public. But uh, now you can get your own mullet calendar. And those are Jeremy's Christmas finds for this week, December 4th, 2022. <laughs> Thank you for the game show music back there, Jackson. <laughs> I was actually, I meant to connect with you and said, hey, could you find some kind of cool music? And uh, he did uh, without me even saying anything. Well, let me, uh, uh, I'm really excited. You see that all the decorations up here. We've had some decorating uh, people here that got this already. Uh, and I'm telling you, I promise that when these lights are out and everything's lit up, it is gorgeous. All right. Now you think, well, then light it up. No, you got to come back tonight. So our tree lighting uh, is going to be happening tonight uh, from six to seven dessert exchange. So bring some cookies, preferably oatmeal raisin. Um, because somebody around here may like that. Uh, but uh, bring some cookies to exchange, a dessert to exchange. We're going to start right at 6 o'clock. It's only going to take about 30 or 40 minutes. We're just going to fellowship, have some desserts, and then we're going to light everything up to kind of celebrate uh, the season, okay? So make sure you're here t uh, back tonight at 6 o'clock. Have you ever, let me ask you, have you ever made something so simple into something extremely complicated? You're like, I know this is easy, but I've made it really, really complicated in my life. Think about coffee. Back years ago, coffee was coffee. You went and you just ordered coffee. Now, if you go to Starbucks and get just coffee, they look at you like you're an alien because that's all you want is just a plain coffee. What about restaurants? You know, in and out they've got this thing. They've, they've got it dialed in, a one, two, or three. It's that easy. Or you can go to the Cheesecake Factory and get a four-inch, 23-pound menu put in your lap, and that's just the appetizers. That's not even the, the, the menu. That's not even the, the, the real food. What about forms of communication? Don't you miss the days where you just picked up the phone and called somebody? Now there's texting and email and, and Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram. Janet sent me a video the other day. Did you say, she said, did you watch that funny video? And I said, where? And she's like, I don't even remember where I sent it. If you can't even remember what channel of communication that you sent the video, then we have way too many forms of communication. What about furniture? Remember back in the day when you just would go to the furniture store and you'd buy a bed or you'd buy a dresser or you'd buy a coffee table and you would take it home that way. Now, it comes, you got to put everything together. You go to Ikea, sorry for my foreign exchange student, that's from Sweden, love you. Uh, but you, when you go to Ikea, they give you a six by six box that's got 10,000 pieces in it and it ends up turning into your entire living room. And it's really amazing how they can break all that down. Why do we do that? Why do we take something so simple and make it complicated? And the Christmas season is the same. Decades ago, you basically purchased only what you needed to survive months January through November. Food, clothing, gas, things like that. And you saved throughout the year for things that you wanted for Christmas. 
Remember when the Christmas uh, catalogs came in? Those were huge. The Sears, JCPenney, Toys R Us. Man, when those things would come in the mail, that was a huge deal. And you skip straight back to the section with the toys or, or some of the hunting equipment or whatever, and you'd put your initials by everything that you wanted. It was really easy back then to buy for your family because all you had to do is just scan through the catalog and look for initials. It wasn't complicated. But now we live in this, this I want it now digital culture. Everything is on demand or one click away. What was supposed to make our lives simpler has made it even more complicated. So when we sat down with our team a few months ago, and we began to kind of discuss the theme and the direction for this Christmas series, a common word kept coming up and driving our conversation. And that word was simple. And then following were some words like family, community, tender, remember, nostalgia, a single gift, Americans tend to go into debt, spending money that we don't have to make sure that our kids and families have things that they don't need, forgetting that someday that we actually have to pay for all of those things. But it wasn't always like that. Back in the early 1900s, in the the beginning of the 20th century, families used to get a single gift for each other, not gifts. People would find the most precious and meaningful object that that person wanted, the thing that would bring that person the most joy and also communicated from us to them, I love you. And I wanted to get you something that I know would really mean a lot to you. Giving a gift meant connection. Giving a gift took intentionality and it took purpose and it took time and resources and thought and process We actually thought through what we wanted to get each other. And you know as well as I do that on that day when they open that gift, there's an excitement on the inside of you that's just as powerful that's on the inside of them. I think about the times that I've gotten Janet a gift that she knows nothing about. And I have butterflies in my stomach because of the anticipation of her when she uh, opens that gift. And you know the feeling that I'm talking about, waiting for them to see what you got them. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a rip open kind of a guy when it comes to my presence. If you're one of these that gently, you know, opens the, the taped flaps because you don't want to damage the pretty, pre- you know, the wrapping while everyone else is waiting to see what you got, then we want to pray for you at the end of service because we want to pray that you rip open your presence. <laughs> one thing I so appreciate about this faith family is on the weekends when I get to share um, I, I, get, I get to be really vulnerable uh, to you and in front of you, and, and I know that you allow me to do, to do that. And I love the times when I get to share things about me that you guys may not even know existed in my life. One of the things that I've just learned about, my, about me in the, over the last five years is that uh, why I get sad at the end of Christmas Day. I'm like, why, why do I do this? This is so ridiculous. And it's because I've learned through process that it's because it's over and I'm beginning to grieve. I have a deep emotional connection with Christmas, an almost visceral reaction during the month of December, and it's totally a personality thing with me. In fact, I have to watch It's a Wonderful Life at least three to four times during the season. The black and white version, okay, not the color version. And I have to have gone through multiple renditions of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, even the old black and white ones from back in the early 1900s. 
Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm really nostalgic when it comes to some of these things. And I first noticed it when I was about 18 and I sat down with my dad. It was on Christmas night and I was dealing with a little bit of a, a kind of a low grade depression because to me it didn't feel like Christmas. Something was different. Christmas had come and gone, and I never really felt like I connected with it like I had in the years before, and I thought there was something wrong with me. I appreciated all the gifts and the food and the music, but it, was, it just wasn't as exciting to me as it used to be, and that did not go well with my personality. I was trying to figure out how to process this, and I remember my dad said to me, he said, son, that's pretty natural, but wait until you have kids because it all comes back. My, I had kids and he was right. Those feelings came back and then now, they, now that they're older, I know it's gonna come back once I have my grandkids. As a father giving gifts to my children, man, there's just something about watching them open that gift. The joy on their face, something they've been wanting or maybe something they weren't expecting at all, sometimes that's even better. I give them gifts because I love them. They're my son. They're my daughter. That's my wife, and I'm connected to them, and this is a way for me to show them how much they mean to me. But I have to be honest. It's also a little frustrating when you see that your gift is unappreciated. When they played with it for a day, then you find it down at the bottom of the toy box two months later, or you see it broken just a week after they opened it. Or something that was intended to be used frequently throughout the year, you see just sitting in the closet or on a shelf just collecting dust. And it makes me think of our Heavenly Father. How He's given us a gift and yet some of us have yet to open it. Or we have, but we really don't appreciate the content how he loved us so much that he gave his one and only son as a once and for all sacrifice for our sins, past, present, and future, as a free gift to humanity. You think, well, Jeremy, can you prove that it's free? Look what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We also know it's free because of its definition. Today, we're going to be talking about grace. As a matter of fact, the title for today uh, is, is talking about uh, uncomplicated grace. And here's the definition of grace. It's the free, unmerited favor of God. The free, unmerited favor of God is the definition of grace. Translation is this. There's nothing you did or can do to obtain favor with God. His gift to you is through Jesus. And yet sometimes we open up God's free gift, connect with him for a while during the holidays, talking about Jesus and his grace. And then maybe we'll connect with him again around Easter and then never connect or appreciate him again. And I think that some of the reason is because we've made this reality of believing in Jesus and following him for the rest of our lives so complicated. And that was never the father's intention. Because we, it's easy for us to throw around words once you've been following Jesus for a while and you've been studying uh, what it means to have a healthy relationship with Jesus and then we learn big words like justification and sanctification and propitiation and redemption and salvation and righteousness and, and uh, rebirth, just to name a few, which are all very, very important when we're looking at our relationship with Jesus, they're critical within their context. But I love the story that an Irish pastor 
tell us about the conversation he thinks that the thief on the cross had with Peter when he got to heaven. He said, I believe that when the thief died on the cross, that he probably went up to heaven and there was Peter waiting for him and said, who are you? He said, oh, well, I'm, I'm the thief that just died on the cross. And he said, oh, well, do you know the four spiritual laws? No, I don't, I don't know the four. Were you in a life group? Were you in a growth group? Did you go to church every Sunday? Did you serve? Did you give? Did you do all these things? I have no idea what you're even talking about. Well, well did, did, can, you, can you name the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God? How did you get here? He said, I don't know, but the man in the middle said I could come. The man in the middle said I could come. And I think that that story, even though it's not true, by the way, <laughs> but I think that that story kind of epitomizes one of the most quoted verses in the Bible, John three sixteen and 17. I love this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world. Now, Jesus is talking about himself. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. In other words, through me. Here's the big idea for this series for the next four weeks. God so loved you that he gave you. He so loved you that he gave you. And within this one free, uncomplicated gift of Jesus, there's forgiveness and hope and love and joy and mercy and grace. In this one gift, specifically for today, here's what I want all of us to walk away with it, is this. God's grace is much less complicated than I make it. God's grace is much less complicated than I make it. Now, when I say less complicated or simple associated with God's grace, I'm not minimizing it. What I'm saying is that you and I do a great job making it a lot harder to accept God's grace than it really is. So there are three things that I want to talk about for the next few minutes. My goal today is that we all walk away and, and realize that the way that we overcomplicate our lives is sometimes the way that we overcomplicate God's grace and his love. Because when we overcomplicate things in our lives, let's face it, when we tend to, think, think, when we tend to make things harder than they actually are, we have the tendency and the propensity to quit and just walk away. We think it's too hard. I don't measure up. Why am I even trying? I'm not good enough. And we just quit. But when it comes to the grace of God, instead of giving up and walking away, Jesus is actually drawing us close. So remember, God's grace is much less complicated than I make it. Because of God's grace, his free, unmerited favor here are three declarations that you and I can remember as we kick off this Christmas series, The Gift. Declaration number one, if you're taking notes, God is with me. God is with me. God exists. God wants us to know he exists and that he is our God. And not only does he want us to know that he exists and that he is our God, but he wants us to receive and accept the grace that he has for us and that he is with you today. Matthew 1.23 says this, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. God is with us. This is God's way of connecting his presence and his relationship with humanity through the name and the birth and the existence of Jesus Christ. The physical presence of Jesus on earth 2,000 years ago and now his spiritual presence that lives on the inside of us when we make him our Lord and our Savior. 
It's God's way of saying, I'm with you. And here's how I'm going to prove that I'm with you, by sending my son. And this is not something that we get to decide on. It's something for us to accept and not overcomplicate. Think about this. We don't get to choose and decide truth. As much as we would love to say that we get to, we don't. We can only discover and accept God's truth. In science, we, we, we study the facts that exist and we have to accept it. It's the same with nature. It's the same with weather. We simply look at what's present in front of us and we have to accept what's true. We can't look outside and say it's, when, it, when it's raining and say, nope, it's not raining. I'm going to walk outside and it is not raining. You don't get to decide that. That's not truth. What's going to happen is you're going to go outside and you're going to get wet. Here we have God revealing himself through the scriptures, through John 3, 16 and 17, and then in an even clearer way through Jesus Christ when he steps into our world. Even before the arrival of Jesus, God began revealing this event to the prophets. We have over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament pointing to the birth of the Messiah, pointing to the birth of Jesus, and then he came. And we are called to trust the truth as he is revealed. And that truth is this, God exists, he loves you, and he is with you today. What an amazing gift from God that he sent his son and that even before his son was born, Mary and Joseph were commanded to give him the name that means I am with you. This is God's way of saying, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm still in control. I'm still involved. Don't overcomplicate my grace. God is present with you. When you feel alone this holiday season, God's presence is with you. When you feel abandoned, closed off, that no one sees you, God's presence is with you. When you feel isolated and depressed, God's presence is with you. And then on the other side of that, when you feel joyful and fulfilled and content, God's presence is with you. I read a story about one of the ancient kings of Persia and how he loved to mingle with his people, but he had to do it in disguise because people would see who he was. They would recognize him. So once he dressed as a poor man and he went down to the village and he visited a very tiny cellar where a fireman was seated on the ashes and he was tending to the furnace. The king sat down beside him. They began to chat. At mealtime, the firemen made some bread, and so they, they broke bread together. And then the king returned time and time again because he felt sympathy for this lonely man, and soon they became very good friends. And finally, the king thought, you know what? I'm going to tell him who I am and see what he asks for. So he revealed his true identity, but the firemen didn't ask for a single thing. The king couldn't believe it. And he said, don't you realize I'm the king? I can give you anything that you want. I can give you a title, a house, anything. And the man replied, I understand your majesty, but you've already given the greatest gift a man could ever ask for. You gave me you. You left your palace on the hill to sit down with me here in this dark and lonely place. You could give nothing more prescience. You've given yourself. And that's far more than I could ever deserve. Like this Persian king, Jesus left his throne to come and sit with you in your dark and lonely place. 
And the greatest gift that he's offering you today is his presence. He just wants a relationship with you. If you're feeling alone or unloved or that no one understands you this Christmas season, remember you are not alone, that you are loved, and Jesus does understand you. Maybe you're having those feelings because you've felt kind of disconnected from God lately. Remember our big idea for today. God's grace is way less complicated than I make it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. When you what? When you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. That leads us to our declaration number two. Write this down. God loves me. So number one, God is with me. Number two, I declare that God loves me. God wants you to know this morning that you are on his mind and that he cares deeply about you. So much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to bridge that relational gap between you and him, between you and the Father. You are made in the image of God. You have a mind that can think and analyze and design, a mind that can recall the past and learn from it, a mind that can look to the future and plan on it. You are valuable in God's eyes, and he loves you. You are made in his likeness. And if you have children, you can somewhat relate to uh, or kind of comprehend this kind of love. I mean, you, you love your kids not because of their grades. You love your kids not because of their IQ or because they were able to sing or dance or play a sport or, or because of their good looks. <laughs> you simply love them because they're yours. They belong to you. Their value rests in their association with you, not in their achievements, not in their abilities, not in their talents. God loves us not because we're good. He loves us because we're made by him and we reflect his beauty. We reflect his image. In fact, we're actually sinners. We've rebelled against God. Romans 3.23, the apostle Paul says this, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God says he loves us enough to come looking for us. Enough to send his son to die for us. Christmas is, a way, is, for, is God's way of saying, I love you so much that I'm giving you this gift. I'm giving you my son. I'm giving you this free, unmerited favor called grace. It's not complicated. God made you to love you. He loves you on your good days. He loves you on your bad days. He loves you when you feel it. He loves you when you don't feel it. He loves you even when you feel like you don't deserve it. God loves you. I love the way that author Max Locato puts it. He says, God is crazy about you. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. Whenever you talk, he would listen. And you might go days without thinking of him, but there would, be, there would never be a moment when he would not be thinking about you. Listen, his love isn't based on what you do. His love is based on who he is. His love, his love is based on his character, not your performance. You can't make God stop loving you because his love isn't based on what you do. It's based on who he is. And that takes us to our last declaration for the weekend. Declaration number three says this, God is for me. 
So God is with me, God loves me, and God is for me. These are three declarations that we can walk away with today. Remember Jesus said, God did not send me, his son, into the world to condemn it, but to save it. God wants you to know that he is for you today, not against you. Many people are afraid of God because he's holy, because he's righteous, because he's just, which are all correct. But sometimes we allow those attributes of God to keep us from coming close to him. We think that we feel guilty because we don't measure up. But more often than not, we're feeling convicted of our own sin and we begin to overcomplicate God's grace. That's not to minimize our need for forgiveness and repentance because those things usually expose our sin and our need for Jesus. Guilt says, if I get too close to God, he's going to scold me. But grace says, I didn't come to scold you, I came to save you. Guilt says, if I get too close to God, he'll shame me, he'll remind me that I'm not good enough. But grace says, Romans eleven six, and since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. I read a story one time, I love this, about a young girl. She found a scrap of paper on the ground that had John 3.16 on it. So she picked it up and she read it, but it was torn at the bottom. So all it said was, for God so loved the world that he gave. That was it. Now, before this girl, whenever she would think about God, she would think about somebody who was angry. She would think about a God who was very judgmental. So she took that piece of paper and she folded it up and she put it in her pocket and she went home. When she got into the house, the mom saw the little girl and she noticed that something was different about her. And she said, why are you so happy? And so she pulled that piece of paper out and she gave it to her mom. Her mom read, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so she looked back at her daughter and she said, what did he give? And she said, I don't know. But if he was good enough to give something, this God is a God who loves. And he is not a God that we should be afraid of. What an amazing free gift of unmerited favor that God has given us. Something so simple, yet we have made so complicated and so complex. So here's my challenge for us this, this morning. Let me ask this. Where in your life have you overcomplicated God's grace? Are there areas in your life where you've said, God would never forgive me of that? God will never forgive me of this. God's grace isn't big enough for me. I've done too much. I've been too reckless with my life. I don't deserve it. Has the enemy convinced you that God's grace isn't big enough for you? Have you ever thought it's good enough for others, but it's not good enough for me? I want to I encourage you today to not overcomplicate the grace of God and to accept it as his free gift to you. What an amazing thing to be able to look back at this day and at this season and to say, that's when, I made the, that's when I made the ultimate decision to accept God's grace of salvation through Jesus Christ. Let me close with this. It's your gift. Maybe God's just waiting for you to open it. 
Go ahead and take your communion elements. If you will, open, do not open the juice side yet, of course. Open the, the top there. You can see that we changed up our, our elements a little bit. It's the first Sunday of the month, and as we do every first Sunday, we always remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us all those years ago. Take your wafer in your hand, and let's pray. Father, thank you that this wafer symbolizes the broken body of you, Jesus, broken for our sin. Father, as we eat together as a faith family, Lord. May we remember that your body was torn, that your body was broken, that your flesh was beaten for our sin. Lord, that's what we believe. We believe in you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's eat. Take your juice. Let's thank Jesus for the spilled blood on Calvary. Jesus, thank you that you allowed your blood to be poured out as atonement for our sin. The perfect blood of Jesus, the sinless blood of you, covers all my sin, past, present, and future. We remember that this morning as we drink. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. If you'll bow your heads with me, Father, thank you for the beginning of this series. Thank you for this season. I thank you for everyone that's here, Lord. By the authority given to me, Lord, as their shepherd, Lord, I bless their lives. I bless them mentally and emotionally, physically. Father, I bless their marriages and their their health and their finances, Lord, of everyone that's here, Lord Jesus. I bless their relationships, God. Lord, I pray right now, God, that there be anyone here, Lord, that doesn't know you, that's never accepted your uncomplicated grace, Lord, that they do that right now. In fact, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to say the sinner's prayer. Even if you've been following Jesus for 50, 60, I don't care how many years, I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say this, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I repent of all my wrongdoings. And beginning today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we want to know. We want to walk through this journey with you. We don't want you to be by yourself. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, invited Jesus into your life, can you do me a favor? Can you text the word decision to uh, the number that we have? It should, we can put it up on the screen real quick. And just let us know, hey, I made that decision to follow Jesus today. We have some resources that we want to put in your hands to help you on this journey. Hey, don't forget tonight, 6 p.m., we're going to be lighting up 
our stage and our tree. We want you to be here for our tree lighting, our first annual tree lighting here tonight, bringing dessert uh, to change, uh, to exchange. It shouldn't take any more than 30 or 40 minutes. We want to do that as a faith family. That starts at six. Remember all the other announcements that we made this week uh, as well. If you're new here, please don't leave without receiving the gift that we have for you. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you back here next Sunday.